Interested in energetics, intention, alignment, integrity, and ethics? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Sacred Leadership Podcast. This space is for you to gain inspiration, wisdom, and knowledge from exceptional leaders to support you in your leadership journey. I'm your host, Amber Gordon, trained therapist and intention and alignment coach here to ask all the deep questions to get the raw truths. Settle in, take a breath, set your intention for what you're open to receiving from this episode, because it is time to drop in. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Sacred Leadership Podcast. My guest today is Anna Lee Richter. Anna is a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator, a certified soul purpose activator, and a line coach for employees turned entrepreneur. She helps them to build their own version of success, which is something we're going to talk about today. Anna is the author of the Modern Breathwork Workbook. This workbook is meant to support folks who may not otherwise have access to mental health support, helping them to gain tools for nervous system regulation through the use of breath work. Way to give back, Anna. I love that. So I'm really excited to have you today because we actually, this is our first time chatting, our first time having a conversation. Um, We have some similar circles that we travel in, which is kind Mm -hmm. of how we connected. Um, But this is probably the first recorded episode, I'm going to say, where I'm diving in, really having a first-time conversation with someone. Um, And right before this, I have to share that you took the time to listen to other episodes, to reach out, to send me a message that really helped me to just connect with your energy. And right off the bat, Mm -hmm. I know that that is something I highlight in terms of leadership, where you're really going out of your way to make sure that the other people that are around you are feeling good, connected, checking in, taking that extra moment to align yourself with the intention of what you're about to do. So thank you so much for that. And for people who haven't met you yet, I would love in your own words to tell a little bit about your journey because it has been a little bit of a wild ride. There's been some (laughs) twists and turns and people who knew you a couple years ago might not have expected you to end up where you are today. That is so true. And thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. And I'm so excited to be here and connect and love what you're building around sacred leadership. And that's exactly what it is. It's, you know, being a trailblazer and ensuring the people you're working with feel good and confident and aligned. And it's such a different way to lead than what has been done historically in like patriarchal systems, which I have a very strong experience in. So happy to talk about that more. So thank you for what you're creating. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of your personal experience, Mm -hmm. the work that you are doing here now today as a breathwork facilitator, a coach, um, all of that actually came out of your lived experience. And I talk a lot on the podcast about how oftentimes we don't get to choose our calling. Um, Mm -hmm. It's something that is born into us out of a lot of the in-between moments in our lived experience where things actually aren't aligning. And those are the places where we get to look for our sole purpose, our calling. And it sounds like that was a little bit of your experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll dive right into the stages that brought me to this interview here today. And it really goes way back for me um, as a high schooler, as a kid, I was so interested in psychology 
in substance abuse. I would read books all the time about people who had addictions, which didn't really make any sense. I was like a happy high school kid, but I wanted to know more. I was like, had this kind of pull to like the deeper, the darker, the overcoming, like the kind of hero's journey of what it's like to go through something and come out of it on the other side a better, more embodied, full, whole person. And then those people who then you know share that with the world. So that's always been something that's been a part of who I am. I went to college and studied, of course, psychology and substance abuse. Like it just naturally flowed that way. But at the time, I experienced really deep depression. It was kind of a perfect storm of like health issues that came about, um, stuff going on in my family. And I struggled really hard for my first two years. And because I was studying both psychology, like abnormal psych and substance abuse, I kind of became my own experience. Uh, experiment. And I didn't even realize I was doing this at the time. But I was like, hmm, I'm learning about this. Let's see what happens here. And I wasn't an athlete anymore like I had been. And uh, partying kind of became my sport. Like I was like, how far can I go? How far can I push this? And that's all hindsight 2020. I didn't realize I was doing this at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, that path doesn't lead you to the most positive of outcomes. Um, to get really deep, really quick. I had an experience where um, I was found by the cops downtown Reno on top of a parking garage, very traumatic. And uh, like reading the police report from that was saying like, Anna wants to commit suicide. We caught her before this could happen and she needs to get help. And in my mind at the time, I had zero intention of doing that. But after that event, I was like, hmm, maybe that is something I want to do, which I had never thought of before. And um, the whole experience itself, you know, being put in a hospital and just having (laughs) people around me not really see it as like um, something was hurting within me or that I was in pain. It was more of Anna is bad, like she's doing bad things. And because of that, we're not going to support her in this healing journey. We are going to say, figure it out on your own. And so I just didn't have a lot of support at the time. And I ended up taking a year off school, going home. And for me, at that 19, 20-year-old age, that's when the healing journey started for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was diving into therapy. I was learning about myself and really understanding that healing is the catalyst for your evolution moving forward. And it's when you face the things that are like the darkest pieces of you, maybe your shadow, maybe, you know, things that are just hard and heavy. That's where kind of like the magic happens. And that's where you really meet yourself. And that can be a really beautiful foundation for building the rest of your life. Like that rock bottom can become a foundation. So following that, I, you know, was in the healing journey, but I was also very young. (laughs) That was a decade ago. So I wasn't quite quite there. And now that I'm very well versed in the nervous system where you have like your parasympathetic, uh, which is your rest and digest. And then you have your fight or flight, which is the sympathetic. And there's a stage beyond that called a global high, which is where you're in that sympathetic state so often that you don't really know how to rest. And this is really common for folks that experience trauma because you're moving, going, going, high achieving, doing all the things as much as you can to where you don't really stop. 
And mm-hmm. so the years after that event, I went back to school, I got my degree. And as soon as I could, I got out of Reno <laughs> and I went to the Bay Area. And instead of becoming a therapist, like I had initially intended on doing, I went into the tech world. I felt it was a huge piece of imposter syndrome for me of like, how can I help people as a therapist right now when I don't feel fully healed myself? Was that true? Probably not. I probably could have done a great job, but I decided to go into um, the tech world, into sales. And that was a rough transition too, because I had gone from you know being a college student to this very structured, very masculine, very big hustle culture of driving success. And I was like, okay, this is like my new sport. <laughs> this is what I am doing now. And I achieved, achieved, achieved. And I worked hard to become a better person, to gain leadership skills, doing therapy on the side, et cetera. But it never really felt purposeful. It felt more of me kind of proving my worth to the world. Like, okay, I had mm. some hard times. And now I want to show everybody that I'm okay and that I'm more than okay. I'm actually great. I am, you know, working at the tallest building in San Francisco. Look at me. I've made it. But also I had gotten there and thought, like, is this really it? Like, is this, this is like the dream, right? To make it to the tallest tower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I realized "Hmm, maybe not. Maybe there's more to this thing. And the big catalyst for me was going to my first yoga retreat in Aruba with Yoga Girl. And I had booked this retreat as a vacation, as something fun, because I'd just gotten into yoga. And the first exercise we did was an eye-gazing exercise. So you sit with a partner, you don't say anything, (laughs) and you just stare into that person's eyes for five minutes. And It was the first time that I felt fully seen and not judged and accepted and loved just for the person that I am, regardless of anything that I had gone through. And that whole retreat for me was just about that, that there was this beautiful community of women who we could all share like our deepest, darkest secrets, but there was no judgment. It was just love and support and community. And that's really what kind of sparked this change for me of Maybe I am really supposed to be that healer that I initially wanted to be. Maybe that's where my purpose lies. And from there, it you know sparked spiritual awakenings. It sparked doing shadow work courses. It sparked going to more retreats. Like It just continued to grow and grow and grow. And the alignment that I felt with the corporate career that I had just got slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. And mm-hmm. when COVID hit, That's when I initially thought, hey, let's create a beautiful course for people in quarantine that need some mental health resources. And that stemmed into an entire coaching business. (laughs) So it just kind of blew up from there and um, has been growing and growing and growing. And now uh, just having learned the things I've learned, it's become my full-time job and career and is really exciting and it's an adventure and I'm, you know, looking forward to what's next with that. So that was quite the story and I covered a lot. So (laughs) happy to Mm -hmm. answer any questions or clarify anything. Yeah. I think there's a a couple different points that I want to circle back to, but first and foremost, I think that you are a really beautiful example of what can happen when we just 
start to follow our intuition, right? As an Mm. exercise, you went on this retreat as a fun vacation, but regardless, you felt pulled to go on this retreat and you never know what's actually meant for you when you are saying yes to something that is a whole full body, soul filled. Yes. Mm. You're just going for this retreat and here it's just the beginning for you. And you have continue to say yes with things that felt like they were in alignment and then say no to things that no longer felt like they were in alignment. And through that, you've been able to fully align yourself with your soul purpose and living in a way that feels good and authentic. And you're able to help and serve in a way that feels good for you. And I think that that's an amazing takeaway just right off the bat. I love that. Yeah. What a great call out in that it is intuitive. And it's like you, sometimes you just know, and it's like, you just have to follow it, even if it doesn't make logical sense. Hmm. Yeah. And so going back a little bit, I, you know, the therapist in me is a little bit curious (laughs) because there were some themes that I pulled from your story in terms of being an athlete and then really, you know, using partying as your sport and then using your job as your sport and finding all of these ways to prove yourself essentially and Mm -hmm. have a lot of external validation. And so, yes, after you had taken time to do shadow work and a lot of inner work and inner journeying, where do you feel like that piece of you that started off on this other path came from? Mm, so like the full embodied, like inner validation, inner worth, where that came from more so? It's mm-hmm. a really awesome question. It's been something I've had to dismantle and really look at because that's how I grew up. Um, mm-hmm. The therapist and you called it out correctly as that people pleaser, as somebody who was always striving to help others, make them more comfortable than I was and get that validation elsewhere and doing this inner work and becoming more and more spiritual and in touch with myself. It's the thought that I am and we all are inherently worthy as we come Mm -hmm. into this world. We don't have to prove ourselves you know, we are souls coming into a body and that's a really beautiful thing. And society conditions us, our family conditions us, just who we grow up with conditions us to think that we are our accolades, we are our accomplishments, and that's what's important. But in reality, it's like who you truly are is such a beautiful thing. And that it was kind of like an ego drive that used to get me to work in the morning to, you know, hit the number, to hit the sales. And when I started doing this work, I was like, but why? Why am I forcing myself to do this all the time? You know, I don't see myself as a number anymore. I don't see myself as that accomplishment. I see myself as me and how I can serve and how I can help and like how loving I can be. And so it was really doing the inner work and just, going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole of spirituality. I think that has helped me make that transition from external validation, which of course is, you know, it's a daily thing you want. We all want some of that still, but you know, knowing your worth and being able to validate yourself. Yeah. And going back to the nervous system piece, I think that that is a really good point to make in this conversation where our 
soul self is actually in direct conflict with this meat suit, this physical vessel, because as human beings, you know, we are animals and, you know, people Mm -hmm. are going to come at me for saying that. But (laughs) when we look at how we are biologically wired to survive, we are biologically wired to survive in a village, in a system. We are meant to rely Mm -hmm. on others for, you know, someone's going to do the hunting, someone's going to do the shelter making, somebody's going to be tending the fire. So if you are rejected by your tribe, your family, your village, the people who are you are relying on to stay alive, there's going to be a really, really big problem. Is that same need to be accepted for survival here present in 2023? No, it's not. But our bodies don't know that at all. So we still have that biological driver to be accepted. This fear of rejection is so much deeper than I think a lot of people realize because our body thinks rejection means we're not getting food, we're not getting shelter. If something you know happens and we our village gets attacked, who's going to protect me if nobody likes me kind of a thing. And so there's yeah. this whole piece where our body's like, no, let's make everybody happy. Let's make them yeah. like us. Even from small children, we rely on our parents to get all of our needs met, right? They're basically these yeah. gods who are in charge <laughs> of our food, our shelter, like everything. We can't go out there as a baby and like, you know, get a job and fend for ourselves. We learn from a very early age that our survival depends on other people liking us and wanting to yeah. take care of us. And so looking at that in the spiritual piece, yes, we are so worthy and deserving just as we are, but bringing in that deeper level of why it's yeah. so easy for us to be conditioned to believe otherwise, it's because our biological survival mechanism is like, no, you really should care. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, cool, nice that you think that you're worthy and all that yeah. stuff, but like, <laughs> do they agree with that? Because if they don't agree with that, then like you could be out in the cold and you're kind of like shit out of luck and you could die. Right. Um, and Life then and going death. into nervous system regulation, that that is exactly where things like breath work come in because- mm. You have to get your nervous system on board to be like, yo, guess what? It's actually not a life or death situation, bro. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to make it through this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that explanation. It's like, that's really how we're hardwired. Like we are living in a body and we have to work how to live with our body and look historically at why we are the way we are, the way our brain works. And it, it does feel like that. It's like safety can be taken out from under you when you are not seen as worthy or being validated from those around you because we're meant to be in a community that survives together. So it's just such a strange thing to really tune into your own worthiness. But breathwork does help with doing that. And when breathwork became a really big practice for me was in quarantine, in COVID, when I was like, hey, I'm not going to watch the news. I'm going to go inward instead. And I started doing breathwork every single day. And was exploring this whole new world and feeling really regulated in my nervous system for the first time. I had done breath work Mm. previously, um, but nothing like that to that degree to where it was more of a practice. And that's when it became something that I felt like needed to be shared more so than it's known. And getting that regulation to people that don't even realize that their system is unregulated. They don't even realize that we have a nervous system or there are two types, right? It's showing them what's happening in their body and knowing like if you have this anxious or scared response, it's just because 
that's the way our body works. There's nothing wrong with you. We don't have to label you as anything. It's just the way our body works and we can learn to work with it. And then we can learn how our body is functioning and sift back into the parasympathetic and then go about doing what we need to do from more of a clear, grounded, confident place. Yeah. And working as a therapist for so many years, I I remember when I started piecing together the fact that all of my clients that were diagnosed with depression and anxiety didn't actually have depression and anxiety. If we think about like what depression and anxiety mm-hmm. is technically, mm-hmm. um, it, it is a chemical imbalance, right? And so mm-hmm. a lot of people truly didn't have any type of chemical imbalance, or if they did, it was contextual, right? It would show up yeah. in certain times and certain circumstances because- spoiler alert, their nervous systems were dysregulated because all of us are living under chronic stress. And a lot of people were actually carrying around a lot more trauma than they had realized because they had Mm. heard about, you know, PTSD in the sense of like all those big T traumas with seeing somebody die or being in war or, you know, extreme poverty. But people were just starting to learn about little T traumas, right? Every time Mm. like you came home from school and you got an A minus instead of an A plus and your parents didn't talk to you, right? (laughs) Things like that, that really, really affect us. And we're like, well, nobody beat us. Like I was able to, you know, know that I was going to get breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I had, you know, new clothes every school year. Like, yeah, okay. But did those people, your primary caregivers who were supposed to be your secure attachments, right? That blueprint for your secure attachment, did they actually show up for you in a way that was unconditional and loving and you felt safe to relate to them on a consistent basis? Most of us. That's not the case. Um, <laughs> Doesn't happen that often. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, that's why Annalie has a lot of job security. That's why I have a lot of job security. Um, because for most of yeah. us, yeah, no, that's definitely not the case. And when we first get into this type of work, it can be really, really eye opening, but also mm-hmm. really uncomfortable. And I'm curious if you could speak into that a little bit. Yeah. And it, to your point, too, like the invalidation of trauma or just like, someone saying, oh, it was fine. Like your feelings were invalidated. Hey, you're fine. It's like, no, that actually is almost more detrimental to your nervous system and to your growth because now it's like your feelings are invalid or you're not matching the external environment. So that means something's wrong with you. And it's like, no, we really need to take a look at those little T traumas and just understand what's happening and get that validation. Mm-hmm. So to your point though, with just becoming more comfortable with the nervous system. It's just something we need to make more mainstream, I think. (laughs) Like this needs to be known on a wider scale. I wish I could go to some rooftop somewhere and shout it out and just say like, there's something called a global high and the majority of us are living in it where 96% of us are in our fight or flight. And it's because we're growing up in a society that encourages that. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of scarcity that gets thrown around. And if you aren't consciously looking the other way, that's where you're going to live. And breath work is what helps you kind of acknowledge that and say, yes, there is this fear. It is does feel really scary to go from a full-time corporate job into a business. It is dysregulating. Your root chakra does kind of get taken out from under you. But when you do breath work, you can sink into the being of who you are versus like, what do I have to do? So you, it's like, who am I being right now? And that can be my foundation for the next steps. This is who I am. This is who I want to be. And this is the type of person that can accomplish ABCD. 
having an amazing podcast, being an amazing speaker, you know, having, if you want to, like 100,000 TikTok followers, you know, whatever you're looking for. But it's like, who are you going to be? Otherwise, you are kind of throwing at spaghetti at a wall and seeing what sticks with the doing. And then things aren't going to work. And you're going to be like, oh, that didn't work. I shouldn't, I shouldn't do this. Like, this isn't for me. And so starting there, starting with doing the work internally of who do I want to be and regulating your nervous system through that process, which is so different from what we're taught. And like you said, um, growing up, we're not, we're not taught these things. But I think if we all learn that we can shift who we're being and change is okay and it doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. And lots of things are temporary, even though they feel huge in the moment. And we sink into who we're going to be throughout this process in this next phase of life in this evolution from our rock bottom to the next steps. Um, that can be really beautiful and such a different energy of just like mm-hmm. authenticity and love and being. <laughs> so. Yeah. There's just so much permission there that you just gave everyone. And I recognize that for a lot of people being given permission to choose isn't always welcome, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we tell people like, hey, you're actually in charge of how you're showing up. You're actually in charge of how you're living this life. And they're like, la, 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 la. Nope, <laughs> I don't have any choices. I am just, my life is sucky. I don't, I have bad luck. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck in this job because of this, blah, blah, blah. I don't have choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I think it is a lot to make that transition to radical responsibility because there is a lot yeah. that we don't have control over. 99.9% of what goes on in this life, we don't have control over. But that like 0.1%, which is us, mm-hmm. right? And how we choose to show up and how we choose to exist in relationship to things, that yeah. is the only thing that is within our control. So I invite people lean into that radically because as human beings, we yeah. can cultivate one superpower and one superpower alone. And it is to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. That is it. If you can unlock that superpower, the world is truly your oyster because we, this meat suit part, is biologically (laughs) wired to hate the unknown. If we have not tested it out, we would much rather stay with whatever chaos we're comfortable with because at least Mm -hmm. we know it than Mm -hmm. going into the unknown, even if what's on the other side of that door is like 1,000 million bajillion times better than what you're going through right now. You can't bring yourself to open that door because- Again, fear of the unknown, but that ability to just work through the putting your hand on the door handle, breathing through it, knowing that your nervous system's freaking out because it's the unknown, but being able to have the skills and tools to regulate yourself, that's Mm -hmm. what allows you to then be able to even open the door in the first place. And then you get to choose. And that's the magic choice, right? Whether you're going to stay where you are, or maybe you're going to walk through the door, but at least now you have a choice. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I love that because I think people, they'll stay in the familiar even if they hate it, even if it's the Mm -hmm. worst and they're complaining about it every single day. They'll stay there because that's more comfortable than doing the thing that gets them to the next step, that gets them out, that gets them to where they really want to be. So it breathwork is really a, a active practice, right? And it's in those moments of fear when you're like, okay, I feel really scared. I'm about to do this. But I can regulate myself and it might still feel scary. Honestly, it probably will be really scary still, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to be okay in this process. And what if we all, I love that you said that, like get comfortable being uncomfortable 
that is the magic of accomplishing and evolving and doing the things you want to do. Because if it's worth it, it's going to scare the shit out of you. Like if it's your purpose, Mm -hmm. it's going to scare you. And you're probably going to be like, oh, that's a nice dream. That's cool. Like maybe when I'm 50, I'll do something like that. But it's like, what if you just decided? Like you choose. Like you truly do have this choice. And what if you gave yourself that permission and that strength to just say, hey, I'm going to do what I want to do simply because it's in alignment with who I truly am and regardless of what external people are going to say. And that's Mm -hmm. like the definition of bringing success in on your own terms. And that's why I've always, you know, leaned into that as something I want to promote as a coach, as a healer, as a leader. Uh, What does that look like for you? It doesn't have to be this cookie cutter. You know, you get a nice job, you have a fancy title, you get a white picket fence, you get a a Tesla. Like (laughs) I have a strong root in the Bay Area where like there are Teslas around every single corner. So I just feel like that is what the dream is there, which is fine. And I like fully love and support my friends that have created that lifestyle for them. And I, I believe that they're happy, but for people that have this call to do something bigger, to be of service, to use their heart, their soul, their experiences, because a lot of what you go through is going to dictate how you show up and be of service in the world. Then you got to get comfortable doing the thing. You got to just do it. You got to just go for it. Mm, Yeah. And I really appreciate that a lot of your work is centered around, helping people to find and define their own version of success because we don't consciously realize, or at least most of us don't consciously realize that so much of what we value, who we are, how we show up in the world, how we show up in our relationships was given to us. Most of it, we actually didn't choose at all. It was through the conditioning of the family system that we grew up in, the society, the culture, the religion, whatever it is. There's all of these constructs that we come into as a blank slate that are like, oh, here's how you human. This is how <laughs> you human. You know, if you're born with, you know, certain, you know, sex organs, you operate this way. And if you're born mm-hmm. in a certain part of the country, you do this. There's all of these constructs that we're actually born into. And then, a lot of the work in terms of being yeah. a conscious person who is in alignment with their truth is actually tearing it all down and then deciding yeah. what do I want to keep? What is actually truly in alignment with my truth, my soul, who I really am and what's yeah. not? And being unafraid because again, there's where the nervous system regulation comes in, yeah. right? And being unafraid to release yourself from aligning with something that isn't in alignment for mm. you who you really are. And chances are you're going to get that rejection because people have conditioned you to show up a certain way for their benefit. It's not for your benefit. It's for their benefit. And so knowing that people are going to have strong reactions, that's hard. And you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Maybe your definition of success is redoing a school bus and traveling around the country. And it has nothing to do with a mansion or a Tesla or taking, (laughs) you know, million dollar vacations, but really knowing like, yeah, that's actually what I want because then Mm. it's going to feel good for you. And so when you're working with your clients, you know, specifically people who are like have achieved what Mm -hmm. a lot of us have come to know as like the stereotypical dream, And they're looking at it and they're feeling empty. Where do you start them off with like, hey, 
actually, yeah. maybe it's because this isn't for you. This isn't what actually feels good yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot about that permission, right? That permission mm-hmm. piece, like yes. you said, of like, it's okay. You've done amazing things. You've achieved. And up until very recently, I would always start with, I was an account executive at Salesforce. I sold millions of dollars. Look at me. Look at how amazing I am. And now it's like, that's not even who I am anymore. Like I gave myself permission to be this other person. And we dive into kind of what purpose is and why it's not in our society, why you don't know it, why you weren't taught to find it. We talk about that. Ooh, ooh, I got chills, Anna. Okay. <laughs> Go off. Yeah, because we're really not, it's not in our algebra class or in like our writing 101. Like, no, we don't talk about our purpose. And we don't look at our life as a platform for being of service either. We don't look at like the the the, the hard things we went through and use them as a form of motivation and inspiration, not only for us, but for other people that are going to go through the same exact thing. We don't do that. We don't look at like, I, I call it a shadow career. So for me, that was being in the tech world for other people it might be being in finance. It might be, you know, working at GoPro, like whatever it is that is teaching you skills that is going to help you achieve your purpose too. Like it's all breadcrumbs. It's all stepping stones leading you to where you're supposed to be. And if you feel that fear and you're not doing it, all right, you're going to learn another skill. Universe is going to say, okay, you're not ready yet. We're going to teach you this. And all those lessons add up and they become like that culmination of your life is how you serve, how you Mm -hmm. live your purpose. And looking at your life in that way, it's like, okay, the things that I went through that were really hard and were really difficult, they didn't happen on accident. It wasn't for nothing. Like that was real. And that is beautiful. And that is me. And that's my experience. And I'm not alone in that. And by sharing that authentically, I'm going to find my tribe. I'm going to be able to help people. Like it's going to create this domino effect of like service and Mm -hmm. authenticity and purpose and goodness and all those things. So just reframing a lot of, yes, you achieved a lot. You made it into this career and you're doing amazing. And I want to validate the work that got you here. But what if we look at this journey a little bit differently of how it's been preparing you to do the next thing, which is your dharma, which is your soul's purpose? Yes. Yes. Okay. We can just end this podcast right there. That was all needed to hear. Um, but the the big piece that I want to highlight about what you just shared is your leadership in working with your clients. Because I have said this on this podcast, I've said this to anyone who's ever worked with me, that when we are looking for a guide, a coach, a healer, it is going to be that person that is like, hey, you are yeah. freaking fantastic. And how do you want to do this? Right? Yeah. Like, how do you want to go about this? Here are the tools and skills that I can help you gain. Here's the mm-hmm. awarenesses that I can help you with. Here's some per- perspective shifts. Here's some questions. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I'm not sitting here telling you any one right way to go about it because that takes mm. the power away from the people that we are working exactly. to empower. Um, so that right there is a huge piece of what I feel, you know, ethical leadership is, is you are mm. saying like, here's how I can stand and lift you up. And my service is to help you to find your alignment mm. with your way to be. 
of service. And it doesn't mean that we are then crouching down and allowing somebody to step on us to get above them. We have done the work so that we're actually standing at the top of the mountain, reaching a hand down to pull them up to be where we are because the view is so beautiful up there and we want to share it. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And it, it is so amazing. And saying, hey, like, come join us up here. Like, I know you're really, really safe and you're really comfortable, but like, there's a different view up here. I know you're going to like it. And it's that empowerment piece. It's like, hey, I'm not going to give you a blueprint to do exactly what I did, but I'm going to help you find what feels good and resonates with you. And then you can put that into practice and I can give you some strategic steps for making this a reality. Yes. But ultimately this is going to come down to how you want to put this into place in your own life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I will support you and empower you throughout that process. And then success is going to feel different. It's not going to feel like burnout and external validation where you get for a day and then it goes away. It's going to feel whole and embodied and, um, kind of like the vision I'm getting right now, just like shining. It's just like, you're going to be glowing with a different feeling of success because it's internal based. It's Mm self-referral. It's not object referral from what you're getting on the outside. It's coming from the inside. And that's that soul piece. But I feel like you had a similar transition. Like you were in the therapy world, which is incredible. And now you're doing amazing things as being a coach. So what was that transition like on your end? So I actually still work um, as a traditional therapist because there are definitely things that I still love and appreciate about being able to meet people in that space. And I also recognize that much like your journey, there are people who are not to the point yet where they're like, I'm going to go into the jungle and drink some ayahuasca and change my (laughs) whole like perspective on like, like you were just going for a yoga retreat, you know, for fun. Like it was supposed to be a vacation. And so I know that like, you know, different people's entry points are different pieces, you know, along the way. And I love that with my therapy clients, I'm able to Mm. plant some seeds, right. And be able to be like, Hey, well, you know, let's maybe think about it this way. Let's shift things a little bit this way. And the balance for me between my therapy work and then my coaching work is that I tell people that, Therapy is kind of, for me, it's like going to, you know, high school or college, but then like coaching is like Mm. graduate school, right? Or going for your doctorate, right? You already have that foundation piece where, okay, there's not any acute crises going on. You've learned for the most part about nervous system regulation. You've been able to understand yourself in terms of your family system, how you view yourself. There's a lot of awarenesses that you've gained. And now, you know, that coaching container is really to invite the next level, right? We're going to Mm. be doing things in a more challenging way. We're going to speed things up. We're going to really, again, lean into your ability to be comfortable with being uncomfortable um, because I'm sure, you know, you've picked this up. I'm a very direct person. I'm an Aries. My birthday is actually next week for when we're recording this. I'm an Aries too. Oh, look at that. I knew it. I knew it. I felt a kindred fire going between the two of us. Um, Yeah. And I can, I can sense that in the way that you work with your clients as well. There's a lot of rapport building and there's a lot of compassion, but I'm also like going to call you out if you, if it feels to me like you are selling yourself short or, you know, we're going back into the same feedback loop. I'm going to very lovingly be like, okay, so do you want to do that again? Are we going to do that again? Um, And again, it's not to shame, blame, guilt, judgment, anything like that. I don't hold any of that with my clients. It's just lovingly to be able to say like, yo, 
I believe in you and I believe that you're in a place where you can actually choose differently. I know you can. I believe in you. And sometimes just having that expectation of someone, right? Like setting the bar into a place where you can see them in the way that they are striving to see themselves helps them to take that aligned action because you're seeing them as that highest version of themselves. And um, I do that, you know, in both like my therapy and my, my coaching work, but um, it is definitely something where I think finding our own way to work yeah. in the constructs that we're in, but also being able to find what is in alignment and serves us maybe a yeah. little bit better um, is something that we should all give ourselves permission for. Because maybe you want to stay in the corporate world, but there's a different way that you can interact with being in the Mm -hmm. corporate world that would actually feel better for you. There is no right or wrong when it comes to this. Again, to your point, it really comes back to what feels true for you, what feels in alignment with you. And if it feels uncomfortable or forced or like you're working really hard to maintain it, chances are it's probably not in alignment (laughs) with your truth. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's when burnout comes in and like the universe is going to make you real uncomfortable, like more and more so until you decide to make some shifts. But I love that you support people kind of through this entire journey. Like in therapy, it's building that foundation. It's ensuring their nervous system's regulated. It's preparing them for yes, going out into the world and going to graduate school or getting their PhD or even life after that. And in coaching, like when you see them, when they can't see themselves, when they don't see themselves as like the person that's living their highest timeline yet, like you're seeing that for them and giving them that little push that they need, which is beautiful. And also like constructive feedback in the coaching space is so, so wonderful. Like that's what we need. We need somebody who is a leader that's a few steps ahead of us to say, hey, I saw that you did this. Let's modify it and tweak it just a tad. And that's going to be more in alignment with where you're going. And that is gold. And I think that's where coaching can be so, so powerful because you're collapsing the time that you're going from A to B, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, this is what is stopping you from getting there. These are the shifts that we can make along that journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, people who are like, you know, am I, should I, am I a therapy client? Am I a coaching client? A lot mm-hmm. of it really does come back to that foundational piece because yeah. in my, you know, personal opinion and people might yeah. have different opinions and that is totally awesome. Um, yeah. But in my personal opinion, for me, when I work with my coaching clients, I tell them it's like going to three years of therapy in three months. Like mm-hmm. what would take me three years to do for you in therapy? Like we can, yeah. again, to your point, collapse that timeline and do that in three months. Why? Because you're showing up ready to work. Why? Because we don't have to spend half the session regulating your nervous system because you know how to do that yourself. And also I can trust you to advocate that, you know, if we're going to a place where you're like, you know what, I'm not ready for that. Or I don't feel comfortable having that discussion today, or actually today I need to keep it, you know, as a lighter session, you're going to let me know so that we can work with your body. We can work with your Mm -hmm. ability to emotionally regulate. And that's actually going to move things along and the work that you do in between sessions. Right. And I'm sure it's the same with, you know, breath work clients. If a lot of it really does depend on you building those routines, those rituals, those habits that are going to support the nervous system regulation, because Mm. much like we've been in that global high state for however, many years you've been alive, most likely, Um, it's going to take time to get out. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't happen overnight. But from what you're explaining, it really sounds like you're building leaders. Like you're having them show up for themselves in a way that they hadn't before. 
and you're not kind of micromanaging and like giving them tools and saying, you know, do this step by step. It's like when you have them show up for themselves like that, doing the work in between, holding them accountable, you're creating more leaders, but like leaders that are doing the inner work that are uh, like doing this for good, that are making like healthy impact on the world. So I love that, that that's the work that you're doing. And I love the timeline that you work with people on. That's amazing. Those are my favorite people to work with. I love, yeah. I'd be, and the truth is, and you know, people, you can quote me saying this, anyone yeah. who wants to quote me saying this, <laughs> I don't believe that there are any followers. I don't. Mm. I believe that we are all mm. meant to lead in our own way. And yeah. that doesn't, make a difference if you're, you know, leading a huge global, you know, company or if you are choosing right. to be a parent, right? It, it doesn't yeah. matter. Or maybe you live in solitude in the forest completely by yourself and you interact with zero other human beings, but you are showing up in self-leadership, right? You are mm -hmm. intentionally choosing how you're interacting with yourself and your own life. And you're yeah. taking yourself out of that default setting, out of autopilot, and you are creating yeah. the life that is in alignment for you. And by doing yeah. that, you are leading yourself. You're leading your own life. Yeah. Um, and so I don't believe that there are any followers. I believe that yeah. we're all leaders. I love that. But even in that example, like you're leading yourself first, like first mm -hmm. and foremost, you're leading yourself. And like someone might see that as an example, right? And then mm -hmm. as a byproduct, without even trying, you're leading them just by doing what you're doing, just by living your life. Like you're you're always leading, like how you show up, like people are always noticing how people show up. And yeah. I think there's like, you could probably speak to this, like leaders that have done the inner work and then leaders who have not done the inner work and kind of like the byproducts of that leadership. And in my mind, I always like look 50 years into the future, like what if the president of the United States had gone to Peru and done an ayahuasca trip and worked through their shadow. Like, I don't know, just like how would the world be so different if these leaders of the world really spent the time doing the inner work because mm -hmm. they're going to show up differently and right. the, the empathy is going to be there and the connection mm -hmm. is going to be there. And that's kind of like the dream world that if I could build something perfect, that's what it'd be. It's just like leaders of the world showing up in a way that is like from a more healed space, like the word healed, like don't really think we can achieve perfect healing. Like it's a journey, but like someone who has gone there has done the inner work. Yeah. And I actually truly believe that that, that is where we're headed. That is what we're yeah. doing. And I think a big part of that is the internet and social media and us being able to yeah. see what's out there and become aware of, you know, even what nervous system regulation is. You don't have right. to be a therapist to know what nervous system regulation is. You can open TikTok and learn about what <laughs> nervous system regulation is. That is amazing. So many yeah. people now have access to tools and skills and modalities that they otherwise mm. would not have had any idea about. And yeah. again, to your point, it's about leading ourselves first. And as we step into yeah. this higher state of consciousness and radical responsibility yeah. for ourselves and our own nervous system state, that's actually mm -hmm. when we're able to show up to our workplace differently, show up for our neighbors differently, our family, our children, yeah. our friends. And we are not doing the same old shuffle where we're blaming other people or making other people responsible for our emotional state or allowing our ego and our wounds to dictate how we are reacting. Cause you're not yeah. making a choice. You're reacting when you're going from that space. 
when we're reacting to people and then people get defensive because they feel like they're getting attacked. And and then it's this whole vicious cycle where if we just actually slow down and have that moment of like, huh, wow, like I feel like this person is offending me. Are they actually offending me? No. And really be able to sit with that and just take two minutes to have that self-reflection before Mm. you're like, oh, well, you know what? Fuck you. Like, <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Right? Like things yeah. would be so different. And different. I do feel like we're starting to work towards that. I even have conversations. One of my friends um, has a weekly newsletter that she sends out. And in the newsletter, she said something that I really felt like was mm, like harmful without the intention of being harmful. And yeah. I was able to have a really loving, open dialogue with my friend about like, hey, this is how mm. I received this. I'm just offering a different perspective on this. If you still want to stand behind what you said, great. It's not going to affect our friendship at all. But I felt called mm-hmm. to offer, you know, what I was feeling in response to what you shared. And she was actually yeah. like, no, you know what? Upon further reflection, I rushed through putting that newsletter out. I didn't feel good about it. Looking back on it, I am actually going to say something different about what I had shared um, without getting into details. And she was like, thank you so much for coming to me and having this conversation. I'm like, thank you for receiving me. And cool. Like... Beautiful. And then we were, were like went on our way, and I was like, yeah. "This is so amazing to have <laughs> friendships." But this is also yeah. a friend who's gone to therapy, coaching, done shadow work, like yeah, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but I'm like, "It's happening. It's mm. here." I'm I'm able to even say, you know, to my partner, like, "I'm yeah. feeling very activated today because of such yeah. such and such." You know, I'd really appreciate if you could just give me a little extra space and grace today. If you know you feel like you need to take space from me because it's hard to be around my energy, I completely understand that. You know, yeah. let's kind of check in in a couple hours and see where we're both at. Yeah. Awesome. And he's not like, oh well, you know, like <laughs> you need to get your shit together, or like you know that well, that's a good like you know whatever. It, it's so great to just be able to be like honest. Yeah, honest. But so how many beautiful. of us are not honest because we're so afraid of offending people? Mm-hmm. And then it just leads to inauthentic conversations. But like, what a great way to communicate! Like, what a high level way of communicating with somebody and saying, "This is my opinion. You can take it or you can leave it, and I am not offended. And this is just how it's showing up for me. And I wanted to share this with you, not in an attacking way, not in a, like a rude, confronting way, just in like kind of like a loving, like, hey, this is what I see. And then have that be received so well. Like, mm-hmm. what if we could model that conversation <laughs> and just put it out into the world? And what if more people showed up like that? Like, mm-hmm. the, just bravo props for how you're communicating, like with friends and partners. And to, that, to your point, I have a good friend of mine who's in school to become a therapist. And I notice the way she speaks to me. And she'll say like, I'm curious if you think this about X, Y, Z. And and she's always- Guilty, guilty. Yeah, yeah. Using the word curious, which is a really great mm-hmm. thing to say because it's just like mm-hmm. you're not, there's no judgment. It's just diving deeper. You're just seeking to understand. You're getting to the other layers because sometimes people will say things and we interpret it one way, but they mean something different. And that can even mm-hmm. cause conflict, right? If you don't clarify what's going on. And mm-hmm. we always say to each other, do you want advice or do you want me to hold space? in this situation because Mm. it's a very different energy of just like, Hey, I'm here for you. I'm going to listen and I will give you support or we can like problem solve because when you're in a space of like 
kind of in your emotionality, you don't want someone to be like, here's the solution, go do it. Like you just sometimes need to get it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And going back to that moment in your story where it was just a stranger staring into your eyes for five minutes that just broke you open. It really goes back to the power of being truly seen and also allowing yourself to be truly seen because mm-hmm. it works both ways. Somebody can be willing to see you, but if you receive it or not, that is up to you. And right. being able to understand whether you're listening to this and you're a parent, a friend, a coach, a guide, a healer, a therapist, it really doesn't matter. As human beings, the more we can truly see one another and allow ourselves Mm. to be seen and know that that person has inherent worth and value just because they're living, breathing on this planet at this moment. That is such a gift that we can give to one another because again, it's hard for us sometimes to find that truth within ourselves. So when somebody else is able to offer us that truth through their own eyes, Mm. it helps us to start to accept and shift our reality. Yeah, that's beautiful. It becomes a mirror right, for Mm -hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And that vulnerability to be seen is also really scary. But then like stepping up and like seeing people as inherently worthy is another beautiful thing too. And that exercise is so powerful because it's just raw. Like you can't say anything to each other. You can't look anywhere else. And you like really start to see their soul and like who they are as just a, a being and all of the other stuff falls away. And then they might tell you, I'm going through this and going through this. And it's like, that's okay that you're going through this. And that doesn't change who you are. doesn't change your worthiness. Like I am here for you. And that was the spark. And then that retreat got deeper and deeper and deeper. And it was just like, oh, like I came out a completely different person and I didn't even expect it. I was like, I'm going on vacation in Aruba. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to be a healer now. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this that can absolutely relate to like yeah. having that moment in, yeah. in their lives. And so at the risk of sounding like a therapist, I'm curious yeah. um, <laughs> if people are looking to learn a little bit more about breath work, because again, like this is a very big buzzword right now. Um, If people are looking to learn a little bit more about it, people who are curious about it, where would you recommend that people start to see if this is a tool that feels good for them to use? Because again, there's no one right way. There's no one path, you know, to healing. There's a million ways to regulate your nervous system, but this is a really powerful tool for people who feel called to it. So how would you offer for people to get started or get acquainted? Yeah, I love that. And I would say buy my workbook, <laughs> shameless plug here, modern breath nope, for, totally. <laughs> for your evolution. And I, it's broken down into four chapters and we talk about what breathwork is, like where it came from. It's a 5,000 year old practice. It's not new. It's like the, the science of a lost art. If you read the book, Breathe by James Nestor. That's what he says. It's um, something that's been around and we're really just tapping into its power today as this tool that is built into our bodies. So I talk about where where it came from, why it's so impactful, what it can be used for. And then I also dive into the science of what's happening inside of your body with the mm, nervous system, which I love. And then also what's happening inside of your brain, interrupting the subconscious feedback loop, which is something that's done in shadow work. And you can access that theta of 
Theta brainwave state in breathwork too. It's a little bit different than shadow work, of course. I think it's it's more of like the subconscious versus the unconscious. Like we don't go deep, mm-hmm. deep, deep. Um, but you can still help change different patterns in your life. And within the book as well, I talk about how to create your own intention because that's so important when yes. you're doing breath work or any kind of practice or even like Amber did when we started this podcast today. It's like the intentionality behind what we're putting out into the world. And so when you pair breathwork with an intention, that's when it becomes a really strong healing modality because you're using it to access more self-love, to get rid of anxiety, to be in the present moment, all of these things. So how to do that yourself and then a few practices, uh, different breath patterns that can help get you started on your own. Like you can be home by yourself. You can be at the beach anywhere. Uh, just do it on your own. And then you can take that into your everyday life. Like when you're driving and someone cuts you off and instead of getting really mad, you're going to start doing the box breath, right? So just things, things like that. So I would say get started with that workbook just to give you a glimpse into the magic, into the science and high level of how it can impact you. And then give it a try. Like work with the facilitator, go deep, do an hour long session and feel the difference in your body from start to finish. Feel that shift and how you relax and how you get out of this sympathetic global high state and you're finally calm for the first time and you're like, whoa, my I didn't even realize my body could accomplish this state of calm. Like this is this is crazy. And then you can tap into this is getting a little bit more on the woo scale, like tap into the different chakras. You can get a lot of intuitive messages. Is that something you're working for? Like right now I'm really activating my crown chakra. Like there are things you can do through breathwork that are really powerful too. And so I would say get the workbook. Give a session a try, whether it's with me or another breathwork facilitator. There's so many amazing facilitators out there. And just just see how it works for you and how you can fit it into your life. Oh, I love that. That is such a beautiful, beautiful access point for people. And I, I love that you did create a resource specifically with that in mind. So it's not a, not a shameless plug at all. Like you put time and intention <laughs> into how to help people get started. That's exactly the, uh, the intention behind that. And so if people want to connect with you specifically, um, where can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. The Anna Lee underscore breathwork. And that is my handle for Instagram and TikTok. You're going to learn a lot about breathwork, a lot about redefining success. Um, so come and follow me there. I have a few ways to work with me as well, if that is all right to dive into now. Um, yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. So if you want to get further into breathwork, I have a self-paced course called the Wide the wild within where we actually walk through different breathwork practices by the chakras. So you're getting like the breathwork piece and also the vitality that comes with unlocking each of the chakras, which is, you know, being grounded, getting into your pleasure and fun systems, getting into self-confidence, self-love, communicating an expression for your throat chakra intuition, and then your connection to the divine. So we work through all of that in that course where you're pairing breathwork with the chakras. And then I get more into building success on your own terms. And breathwork mm. is always tied into those programs because I do believe we need to regulate our nervous system when we're going through these big major life transitions. It's super helpful to have that as a foundation. So I have a group program called Success Codes where we regulate your nervous system 
you find your your purpose and we go through your life experiences and understand kind of like how your mess becomes your message, your pain becomes your purpose and how you're going to use that to serve and then making that transition, what that looks like for you. So it's a really exciting course that I have and then a one-on-one mentorship as well if you want to walk through that together, that process of going from either corporate or your shadow career into your purpose. I am here to support. (laughs) Mm, I love that you offer different access points because again, sometimes people might not feel ready to jump into a one-on-one container with a coach Mm -hmm. or a guide. Um, also just the power of being in a group is, is always so beautiful being able to have other people going through a similar process to support, um, and be supported. And that is also a way that we get to step into leadership, right? Like when we're in those Mm. containers, there's always going to be space for us to receive and also to support others as well. So I love that you highlight that in the work that you do, Anna. And I just want to thank you so much for taking time today to be here, to share your purpose, your wisdom, your voice and your journey with all of us. And I am really, really looking forward to continuing to learn more from you. Yes, absolutely. This has been so fun and such a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me and looking forward to learning more from you as well. There you have it. Another episode of the Sacred Leadership Podcast on the books. I hope your time spent here served you and nourished you. Join us every Tuesday for more honest conversations and powerful insights. Remember, exceptional leaders share the wealth. Send this episode to someone who would benefit, leave a review to let others know about the show, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Talk to you soon.